Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cark McCross Credit Union, where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Cark McCross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Cark McCross or CarkMcCrossCU.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low as can be APR, zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. A very good afternoon and welcome to Late Lunch. Joan Larkin here sitting in for Jerry again today. And we have a packed show ahead, so I hope you can stay tuned. As always, our number for comments and questions is 086-1800-658. Now, our first topic today is quite a bizarre story of a trolley full of shopping left abandoned in Navantown Centre last Tuesday evening. And so far, to the best of our knowledge, no one has come forward to claim the goods left behind. Nav and Garthy are investigating the discovery and joining me now on the line is Sergeant Dean Kearns. How are you, Dean? Hi, John. How are you? Great, thanks. Dean, this is a bit bizarre. How can a trolley full of shopping be just abandoned in the middle of the town and nobody seemingly know anything about it? Yeah, we, we just can't seem to find an answer to that just yet. You know, we've been tr- going through the, the bags itself <clears throat> just to see where the, the person was shopping. And then the guards are contacting the shops there to see, can they bring it on a little bit further and identify what would seem to be a young lady going from the size and the type of clothes that are in the bags. There are young person's clothes. Uh, you know, size six was on some of the, the labels, which would indicate she, it's either a young person or, or a small lady. Mm-hmm. So there's a mix and match of clothes in it. There was belts, there was trousers, shoes, uh, tops. And even, you know, there was some, uh, what, what was it? Uh, Aid, there was some fruit. There was a real mix and match of stuff in the bag. So um, we just can't seem to get the owner yet. All right, I can... So we're paid for because the, the, all the items were paid for in cash. Right, OK. So you've got the yeah. receipts for everything. We have the receipts, yeah. And we have the times. They're in Marks and Spencer's there in, in at around 5 to 7 on, on the, the Tuesday itself. Then earlier on before that, they were in the likes of Oxon there on Trimgate Street, Centre mm. on Trimgate Street. Yeah. And I suppose there are, we just we, we can't understand why whether they went off doing something else. Uh, or got distracted. Yeah, well, the trolley was found about... So the last receipt was at quarter past four from a shop on Trimgate Street and then the trolley wasn't discovered till half past ten that night. Is that right? Where was uh, it found, Dean? It, it, it was found in in the town itself, yeah, but according to the receipts, the last one would have been on with Marks and Spencers at about right. five to seven. Okay. That would have been the last one. Initially, we thought it was the last one there. 
in Oxfam around quarter past four. Mm. But we, we actually located the, the one in Marks and Spencer. Uh, and that's, that's at just approximately five to seven. So that would indicate it's the last one, uh, the last time for shopping. And then obviously at half ten, uh, the shop, the, the trolley was found there with all the bags in it and, and intact, you know. So In Kennedy Plaza, was one. it? In Kennedy Pardon? Plaza? In Kennedy Plaza, in Kennedy Plaza yeah. So right and in the middle of the town. unusual one. In the middle of the town, yeah, yeah, it, it really is an unusual one. Whether someone has actually taken it and moved it to there, we don't know. That's the bottom. Because Kennedy Plaza wouldn't be too far from Trimgate Street as well, as you know, mm. we're in the same area. Yeah, there there's a laneway there that's connecting that's the two. Right. Yeah, that's right. Right. And do you think, is there any indication at all to suggest maybe this stuff was stolen from somewhere else and then maybe just discarded by whoever took it? I suppose that's a possibility, but the fact that, you know, the receipts are still in the bags, you know, mm. those, uh, all the items are intact, I suppose you couldn't write off anything, but we just don't know yet is the bottom line. <laughs> you know, we just can't figure out why, because we haven't come upon such a, an amount of, of items, you know, and it's, even though they're all, they wouldn't be very expensive items, but I mean, there's quite a number of them in, in different shops that, that where they had been shopping, you know, so. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like a, a young lady was out doing quite a bit of shopping that day because she was shopping for quite a few hours, judging by the receipts and the mixture of clothing found in there. And I, I have a list here that says there's trousers and tops and jeans and runners and toilet-trees, yeah. even a toothbrush. That's right. Yeah. I mean, one of the, the like, I mean, the, the, the young person was in, in the town from 10 past 11 in the morning because that was that was the first transaction. So right. it's somebody that was around town all day, yeah. uh, you know, shopping there. You know, whether, we don't know whether they were a visitor to the town, uh, you know, which could be a possibility, too, that somebody was coming in and spending the, the day in it. And then maybe perhaps the trolley was taken and then they mm. moved on somewhere else. You know, mm. that's a possibility as well. That's why we were. We keep on putting the the post out there on the Facebook page just to see would it trigger somebody. But the guards are looking. They will be following up the the CCTV with the shops just to see can we identify who this person is. Yeah, that was going to be my next question to you because there's CCTV all over that area, isn't there, from the the shops around that that, um, Kennedy Plaza. So hopefully you'll be able to find something on that. Hopefully, no. We just haven't had any success just yet. But but we would hope that we keep on going to try and get the owner. This must be one of the most unusual cases you've come across, is it? Well, it's not. It's, it is because the fact that it's all it's all fresh items. I mean, it was recently purchased, and I suppose it's not too far from where the items were purchased. And it just it doesn't it just doesn't add up the fact that somebody could just leave all the items in one place. You know, mm. makes sense. At yeah. All. So so how can people help? I presume anyone with any information can contact you guys. Yeah, look at it. If they happen to see the trolley there by any chance, if they happened, you know, we, we'll be following up from the times in the shops itself. I mean, the young person, you mean, just in the given indication times, they're in Oxfam at 10 past 11 in the morning and quarter past six. Mm. And then they were in Macaloons there, centre on Trimgate Street at uh, just five to four. And from there, they went on to Marks and Spencer's and they were there uh, leaving the shop or paying for the items in around five to seven. So nice. That indicates, you know, all the afternoon in around that Kennedy Plaza, Trimgate Street, a uh, young person. And I suppose if they look at the items on the Facebook page itself, uh, they'll actually see, and that might trigger, because they may be, you know, if it was a young person, they might be talking to, to our friends, mm. or maybe even sending images on Snapchat. I don't yeah. know, you know, yeah. it's a possibility. Yeah, so anyone with any information at all about this can, can contact Navangardi. Contact Navangardi, yeah. Lovely, Sergeant Dean Kearns. Thanks Sorry, a million no. for joining me this afternoon on Late Lunch. No problem. Take care. All the best. Thank you. Bye.
the late lunch with Blackstone Motors. Opening launch sales offers are now available from Blackstone Motors and we are giving away a 191 Renault Clio. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda now to enter. Now, myself and Louise were chatting earlier on. Louise, of course, my lovely, long-suffering producer next door to me there. We were chatting earlier on about a subject that, of course, is of the moment. Communions. Communions are everywhere. You see all the, the boys and girls dressed up in their finery most Saturdays around around this area. And it brought back a few memories, especially for Louise. I'm too old. I don't really remember my communion. But um, <laughs> Louise, you're only a young sprite. You remember yours well. Go on. Tell the listeners what you told me. Uh, sorry, Joan. Um, I was just saying to you earlier, um, it brought back memories because my own daughter got communion last weekend and I was looking for things for her and I actually found my own beads, prayer book and chain that I had when I made my communion back in... Don't be giving away your age. <laughs> nine or something like that. <laughs> now they're a bit tarnished, but they're still there. And I think I still have the dress. Oh my And I gosh. was just wondering how many had the dresses. That's a good question to put out there. Who has their communion dress still? I have my daughter's communion dress, I was telling you earlier, upstairs in the house. And it's packed away in a black, you know, zippy up um, suit bag. So I suppose it won't go yellow, but I don't know why I'm keeping it. She's nearly 26. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Mm, And it's still there. And my daughter has her, like, I was thinking, will I keep it? And I'm thinking by the time she grows up, maybe there won't even be communions to pass on to her children or whatever. And even at that stage, it'll be out of style. Yeah, because I know when my communion was back in, we won't say, and I, I, my gran bought me the dress in England, I remember. and But it never, it, I think it got passed down to one of my cousins and then it disappeared. I don't know. But I do remember my other sisters, their dresses had been passed down from older cousins. That's the way it was done back then and nobody bashed an island. That was just it. And they were kept still pristine yeah, white. Yeah, with the Johnny, we'd have been stepping stones, us and the cousins. You know, there'd been a year between us all. And um, yeah, the dresses were passed down. Mm. But um, my lady's dress now is still, I don't know what to do with it. We had notions, you know, um, she had notions herself when she was small to frame the dress, put it in like I've a glass that. case. Yeah, I've <sighs> seen people do no wedding dresses. Yeah, and I kept it for that reason, but I never did it. And I don't think I'm going to do it now. I think it would be just freaky and I don't think she'd like to have it now I don't think she'll late now yeah and it's still sitting there yeah it's I was just actually remembering mine was like a meringue (laughs) like it was literally one of the like one of those um you know those little dolls you put over a toilet roll oh god yeah Yeah. all frilly (laughs) all frilly and everything and I had to do a reading so I had to sit at the top of the church and we were late of course and I had to come in the very top of the church and everywhere the place was packed and I tripped and I fell and the dress Went oh, no. over my head. Oh my god! Yeah, it's one of those embarrassing moments oh, that well, probably shaped my future. <laughs> see, if that happened to you today, now that'd be videoed. That'd be all over Facebook. It would be, yeah. And I'd People. be in counselling sessions for about three years. <laughs> you would, yeah, yeah, exactly. You would. And then it got us onto the subject of um, the money that kids get for communions nowadays. And I mean, it seems like a dirty subject, but I saw headlines all over social media about what's the right amount that you put in the card. I mean, is there a right amount? I saw. I read a headline that said anything less than 50 means you're scabby means you're mean yeah 50 euro for a 7 8 year old child and apparently anything less than that means you don't really care about them that's just putting fierce pressure on but like I remember my communion like it was I think if you had five pound at the time Mm. but it but that was the least you could could give like so I mean it's the same in every generation I think and yeah yeah my my daughter got a lot of money as well people were very generous enough she went and got a trampoline oh my one did the exact same 
Yeah, and that's nearly 18 years ago and my lady got the exact same thing, a trampoline, a 13-foot trampoline and she had it for years and we were saying when we came home from the church the beautiful dress was whipped off, the leggings were put on, out onto the trampoline, the dress was just flung there. It was a wet day, all the kids were soaked coming into the house, the house was destroyed and I just remember that really, really well. It was beautiful in the morning then the rain came down in the afternoon and the dress was just discarded in favour of a pair of pink flowery leggings and that was the end of that. I think we should just dress them in leggings. I know my own daughter at the weekend <laughs> as well and all I was doing I was worrying all day if she got her dress ruined because it was three days till the photos in the school and you're like you're just exhausted by the end of it Yeah, but too much pressure on ourselves Oh I'd love to hear from people out there what about the pressures of communion the dress and the child's expectations and the money money that people are expected to give and then of course like you said yourself your other two kids your dress your hair everything that's done up for the day Yeah I saw news reports to say that you know people could spend up to a thousand on oh, the easily. day easily. and I, I laughed that up and thought a thousand for that you're mad in the head but when I was actually totting it up even the bits and bobs yeah, I came quite close Oh anyone now that has comments on this we'd love to hear from you 0861800658 and we're going to take a song now and then that'll bring us nicely up to news The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opening launch sales offers are now available from Blackstone Motors and we are giving away a 191 Renault Clio Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda now to enter you're very welcome back to Late Lunch this afternoon. The number, as always, to call with your comments and questions is 086-1800-658. Now, over 400 people, would you believe, dedicate an hour each week at the Church of Adoration in Navan, and it's celebrating its 30th anniversary this weekend. I knew nothing about it, so to learn more about it, I'm delighted to welcome the National Coordinator of Adoration for Ireland and England, John Howard, and also Carmel Fagan, who's chairperson of the local committee. You're both very welcome to Late Lunch this afternoon, guys. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. So the first thing, I suppose, John, if I can throw this at you, can you tell us about Perpetual Adoration, what it is and when it was started? Well, it basically is uh, to visit Jesus truly present in the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, The Blessed Sacrament is exposed in a monstrance. Uh, That vessel is called a monstrance. And uh, at that, a number of people come in uh, generally they take an hour at a time and over that period they talk to Jesus, they listen to him, they maybe read a religious book, they might say a quiet rosary themselves, they pray for all the people they would want to pray for, particularly people from the parish, their friends, their relatives, living and dead. And uh, in Ireland that, uh, that started really officially as a, as a big drive throughout the country in 1989. Okay, uh, so it's been going since was then. The, was basically the first time. It was started, first of all, uh, the Apostolate of Adoration started up in Los Angeles, started up by a, bi- a lay businessman in Los Angeles. There was so much crime in uh, the Spanish part of Los Angeles mm. uh, that uh, he asked the parish priest, could we do something about it? And the parish priest said to him, what do you suggest? And he suggested we pray and pray in front of the right. Blessed Sacrament. And his name was Owen Trainer, A friend of his, another businessman called Cahill McGee, uh, happened to meet him over there. And uh, Owen Trainer suggested 
Cahal, you bring this idea back to Ireland. So both of them came to Ireland with the idea and with a priest named Father Dubois, a, a, a French Franciscan priest, and they spoke in a number of parishes throughout Ireland, Letterkenny, County Donegal, and then in Navan, County Mead. So we were one of the very first uh, parishes right. to have perpetual adoration. So a man Goes called... 24-7. Right, so Owen Trainer started it in LA. Yes. It started, and did it have a, an effect on the crime rate in that area? A huge effect. Because really? Because after one year, uh, a non-Christian paper, uh, the Los Angeles Herald, was able to put a banner headline saying, what has happened to all the crime in our city? Really, Carmel, did you want to come in there? Yes, uh, as John said, it was started in 18... Uh, uh, in 1989 uh, 19, 89. and uh, it was started in Navan uh, by the then administrator Father Joe Clavin and a larger pe- amount of people signed up to do an hour's adoration at that time and uh, it started in the parochial house in Navan and uh, a short time later then uh, the adoration chapel was uh, started then uh, it was established in the St Mary's church itself okay so you can enter the church from the back door of St Mary's church and turn left and on the outer side there's an outer door you can enter it's on the fair green side of St Mary's church okay but this goes on 24/7 it is yes so is that part of the church open 24/7 yes the outer part and we can lock it and go in mm. and do our adoration and uh, the other part of the church is locked away yes that's what i was so thinking it is, so uh, it's quite safe do people still get up in the middle of the night to oh, come yes, in and do this i do my hour from 4 to 5 in the morning Every morning, uh, one, on one one morning on a week. The, uh, one morning a week. Yes, Thursday morning. Okay. And I. I um, go what ho- do you get out of it, Carl? I get quite a lot out of it. Tell me what you get out of it. I well, I go home at ten past five, and I sit and I make a cup of tea, and I'm on top of the world. Really. And to me, the peace and the quiet to spend an hour with Jesus in the Adoration Chapel is the best thing we have in Navan at this point in time. It sounds to me like it's almost like meditation. Is it? Well, it's, it's all about Jesus. We're, we're there in the presence of Jesus mm. and uh, we can talk or we can pray or just sit and listen. Right. And it's... it's it's, it's, I find it is very peaceful and I get an awful lot out of it. I imagine too in the stillness, sorry John, in the stillness of the night it must be a different it's feeling towards... It's beautiful. It is really beautiful. Right, okay, sorry John, go uh, ahead. I, I suppose, uh, following what Carmel said there so well, uh, it really is like a friend to a friend. Right, okay. Very much like that. It's like a establishing a person relationship with Jesus. And that is something very special. And people don't often get the time, the peace, the mm. quiet, the silence to be able to do that. We live in a very busy, you know, speedy, noisy world. We sure do. And often that one hour of adoration is the one hour of peace you get in the whole week. Right, and yeah. I remember meeting uh, a man, a Hindu from India uh, in Galway, a big businessman, and he used to be amazed that people would leave his employment. He had over 100 people employed and he'd, uh, they'd go across the road to another building and he used to think they were doing nixers. Do you know <laughs> what a nixer is? Yes, I do know what a nixer yes. is. Uh, they were doing nixers. So he said to one of the lads one day, to Joe, he said, Joe, what are you doing across there? And 
Joe said to Mike to call him Mike, even though he's a long uh, yeah. Indian name. Uh, they said, Mike, come and see. Have a look. Yeah. So Mike came over, sat at the back, saw this shiny vessel up at the top. They were all kneeling down, praying. And uh, he said he was a workaholic. And yeah. he said to me, it's the first time in 25 years that he felt peace, calm and just a lovely feeling. Yeah. And he did that with them every evening for about six months. And suddenly he said, I want to be one of them. I want to be a Catholic. Really? And he converted to Catholicism and he spent the following 12 years spreading Eucharistic adoration all over the West of Ireland. That's quite unbelievable, isn't yes. it? That he, he got that from from one time sitting at the back and yeah. watching what it's other the people were doing. The, it's the power of the Lord and the Eucharist. It's very, very powerful. Well, it's a long time, 30 years in the Catholic Church. And I'll throw this at both of you now. There's an awful fall in the number of people going to Mass these days. I mean, is this still popular these days? Uh, you can see the churches are, are half empty. They're full for weddings and funerals. But after that, on a Sunday or a Saturday evening, numbers have dropped significantly. How is this keeping going? Well, uh, we have 400 people doing adoration, uh, committed adorers in Navan at the moment. And uh, what's got out of the Eucharistic hour is leading people back to Mass and to the church. Yeah. Because they f- what they're getting out of the hour, they are pushed towards going back to st- attend Mass. And the Mass becomes more real then at because they get so much out of adoration mass and the sacraments become very real and they want to partake better than ever because they're not just doing it for going there to because they did it in childhood and all like that yeah. they're going there now because they want to go and they're being pushed out by Jesus to go to the sacraments and to the holy mass so there's a profound effect on people who sit there in the silence absolutely yeah. Uh, but Joan, as well as that, I would even say that it has a profound effect beyond that. Not only us, you know, who go in there, but it, it's a bit like the rays of the sun. Okay. It penetrates not only yourself, but it goes out into others as well. And you can see the the effects on families, on parishes, on communities in a very big way. And I travelled the length and breadth of Ireland and parts of England and I can see such conversions happening conversions in families That's what I was going to ask you, you see I'm reading the blog on this and it says people have been converted, you have a few examples one or two even uh, Just to give you an example of one person uh, who came from the north of Ireland uh, a serious Protestant person a good Protestant north of Ireland and when she came to live in the town she there was no uh, there was no church that was her church as okay. it were so she decided to spend time each week and sometimes more than once a week particularly when she'd be doing her shopping in in the adoration chapel and she got this great warm feeling i'm wanted here somebody wants me and that somebody of course was jesus and she had a great conversion right now I could go, you know, if I'd, if I'd an hour here, I could tell you about so many others yeah. up and down the country. To give you an example, uh, I got a, a phone call one um, Christmas Eve at 12 o'clock at night. And this man said, I'm suicidal. Oh, Lord. I don't mm. I, I don't go back to my, my wife and children. I drank all the money. I, yeah, uh, that's a familiar story can, in this can country. You, can you come and talk to me? 
No, I didn't know what to set up or not. Mm. I had a few glasses of wine that oh, evening, yeah. so I couldn't go out. So I said to him, where are you? And he explained he was in the middle of Navan. And uh, I said, do you know where the church is? Where is that, he said. And I directed them then to yeah. it. I said, keep going around till you come to a light. There'll be a light over a door. Go into that door. Right. And I said, and he said, what will I do? I said, sit down in the chair and relax. And what will I say? And what will I do then? He said, I said, don't do anything. Just be there. Be present. And you're going to... The Lord is going to really look after you tonight. Yeah. You're going to be special to him going in there. About an hour and a half later, he rang me. He said, I feel a bit better now. Oh, right. Okay. And that yeah. man is now doing his adoration. Okay. You know, that's uh, a so great story, there, actually. You know, there that's are a many, story. many stories like that. He's back with his wife and family family doing well. But you know John this is a cynical world. Yeah. We live in very cynical times don't yeah, we? we do. I mean what do people say? What kind of feedback do you get when you try to broach this? If I can ask you that's one Carmel first. What kind of feedback do you get from friends and family when they hear that you do this? I know you've been doing it years so they know but when you initially broach the subject. Well one thing that's really extraordinary about it you have a lovely um link with the person who's doing the adoration with you and so uh, as it's going on for 30 years uh, we have made uh, very good faith friends as a result of it mm. and um, so it, it's just uh, extraordinary what uh, comes out of uh, as, as John said we could stay here for an hour telling the stories mm. about it well, well, you're doing something so it's, it's right. Extraordinary. Yes, thirty yeah. years. So, so yes. what, what are you doing to mark the thirty years this weekend? Yeah, there are we, events on. We have quite a lot now arranged. Um, we're having um, a celebration of the thirty years of adoration in Avon, and the papal nuncio will be in attendance, and the bishop of Meath, uh, Bishop Dinahan, will be there, and uh, we are having. Um, uh, you know, we, everyone is in the whole parish and yeah. the surrounding parishes are inv- invited and we will be moving out then to the community centre for a cup of tea and because we are in the, the process of trying to replace the seating accommodation in the Adoration Church we have a cake sale and a raffle so we are trying to raise funds for to replace our, our seating com- furniture in the in the Adoration Chapel So all and the happening so this weekend is happening, in, in yeah. and around St Mary's and yeah, and it's on at the 11 o'clock mass in okay. St Mary's. All right. Uh, it can be viewed online. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you are moving with the times. Will well. be viewed online yes. as well? It can yes. be viewed online as oh, well. Oh, that's marvellous. At St Mary's, uh, navinparish.ie uh, slash webcam. Okay, lovely. Well, I have to leave it there, guys. So, John Howard, Carmel Fagan, thanks a million for coming into Late Lunch to chat with me. And the best of luck. Have a great weekend. Yes. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Opening launch sales offers are now available from Blackstone Motors and we are giving away a 191 Renault Clio. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda now to enter. And you're very welcome back to Late Lunch this afternoon. The number to call with your comments or questions is 086 1800 658. Now, my next guest is really a lady close to my own heart because one of the first vegan cafes to open in the northeast is up and running in Trim, where even the meat lovers say they can't get enough of the food. Now, I've been speaking to this lady off air, so she knows already I'm vegetarian. My grown up kids are vegan, so I'm delighted to be discussing this topic for the next while with the owner of 
of Trim and Healthy, Charlotte Pye. You're very welcome, Charlotte. How are you? Charlotte, you're really welcome to late lunch this afternoon and you've come laden down with goodies for us all to try here. Some people in this studio have never eaten vegetarian or vegan, so we're going to have a lot of fun this afternoon. But first of all, the name of the cafe is Trim and Healthy. And before we talk about that, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your background? You come from a healthcare profession, is that right? I did come from a healthcare profession. I started nursing, I was training to be a nurse when I was 18. I then qualified and practiced nursing for 25 years. Um, I left my post as assistant director of nursing nearly two years ago um, and took over Trim and Healthy, which was then just a health shop. And then I've then extended into the cafe um, over the last uh, five months. And what prompted you to leave healthcare? Was um, there I a reason? The stress, I've been doing it a long time. Um, I suppose it's, it's getting harder and harder. The people who are coming into healthcare with long-term disease is increasing and the age is getting younger and younger. Um, and I wanted to change after 27 years. Mm. I've done my fair share of 12-hour shifts and night duties and day duties and I just wanted to change and focus on health instead of illness. So you opened this cafe with a view to it being a healthy cafe from the very start? Was it? Not necessarily a healthy cafe from the start, no. We always wanted a cafe next to the health shop, um, I suppose. And then when we started doing a bit of research and seeing what was missing and that you can get a lot of other cafes, you can get a lot of... um, But there was nothing specific in the area or county that was particularly for vegetarians or vegans. And a lot of people coming in were saying they were finding it hard to find somewhere to eat. Mm -hmm. So then it's just... I suppose snowballed um, that we try and offer as much as we can vegan and vegetarian and also gluten free so for people with celiac so most of our all our menu can be made gluten free as well as vegan so you have a spread of, of delicious food here in front of us and, and the smell of this food is absolutely <laughs> delicious and I've had no lunch at all. So anybody who would like to see us can join us on Facebook Live on our Facebook page. Have a look at these delicious treats in here. So we have a couple of um, LMFM staff who are going to come in here and try some of this food. Um, I'm not sure where to start, Charlotte. What would, what would you recommend? Um, Tell us what you have. A falafel and avocado and hummus wrap. We have a plowman's, which is with um, cheese, lettuce, um, sliced apple and caramelised onion. We have a Mediterranean, uh, which is bread with rocket, roasted um, vegetables, feta cheese and sprinkled with some balsamic glaze. We have a Caesar salad um, with homemade dressing and parmesan. We have... Apple pie with caramel on the top and we have a chocolate and coconut tart. Wow, okay, where to start? So, I don't know what to do. What will I start with? Let me see. What would you recommend? Um, my personal favourite, I love I love the roasted Mediterranean with the feta. Um, okay. Is my favourite. Okay. And then, I suppose, we make our own falafels. Um, in, we make everything in, in, in the house. So, a falafel is quite good as well. Okay. So well, I feta will, cheese is actually one of my favourite things. I have been known to just slice up a block well, of feta cheese. So, this is vegan feta cheese. Now, I can't feta. do much on air because I don't want to sound yeah. rude while I'm speaking. But we have a little taste of that. Oh, my goodness. There's very little difference. Um, There's very little difference. You most... It's, it's soft, it's crumbly. Yeah. 
and I wanted I wanted to get a menu there that was if you came in and you didn't know we were vegetarian and vegan you'd still enjoy the food and you, you still wouldn't tell. notice any difference no um that was the whole aim of that is to say that to show people I suppose that it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Vegetarian and vegans, we don't eat really different foods mm. um there are options there and mm. it's as long as you get the full taste in there and you you put some time and process into um roasting the vegetables or making your own dressings it can be exactly the same as non-vegan and taste yeah. really really good so what kind of customers are coming into the cafe what age group are for instance are parents coming in and bringing their small kids with them are they starting their children off as vegans and vegetarians teenagers what what kind of customer do you have it ranges Mm -hmm. um we have got um older ladies that are coming in that are saying they've had nowhere to go um and they've been vegan for 20 30 years and there was nowhere in ireland for them at the time and Mm. they were just literally given a bowl of chips um to people coming in with young children um and tasting our food and the young children especially love um our pancakes um and we have vegan um, nuggets for them, um, which appear like chicken to the children. So unless you tell the children, they're still eating them and they're still thinking they're eating chicken nuggets, but they're not, they're vegan. So these are made from something like soy protein or something, yeah. are they? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're just tying up with the trying to change that to tofu um, at the moment so they're a little bit softer. Um, so mm. we're working on that batter. Two teenagers and their families coming in. A lot of teenagers are over the last few years, I suppose, have changed and want to be vegetarian and vegan. Mm. So they're bringing their parents in, um, So who are meat eaters, um, and, and they're loving the food. Um, so we're not purely vegetarian and vegan people who are coming into our cafe. It's it's a cafe for everybody. Um, 
it just means that everybody has got the option to eat something off the menu. Um, and I think that's what our aim is, 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 is open to everybody. There should be nobody who's restricted with eating when they're coming into well, the cafe. The, the world is changing, isn't it? Attitudes to nutrition are changing. There's a lot of very influential social media bloggers out there, like Rosanna Davidson, for example, who is vegan and promotes the vegan lifestyle. And my God, that girl looks amazing. So there's something to be said for that. She is a beautiful girl, but yeah. she promotes the vegan lifestyle. And I mean, there's an enormous shift to veganism in the world. There's been something like a 600% increase in veganism worldwide. But take that here to Ireland to say my generation raised on the meat and two veg. I mean, how do you think that's that's coming across to Irish people? Do you think there has been a shift in our there thinking? There is a shift. There is a shift. There's a definite shift coming. And actually one of my customers who was in the other day, he would be around the same age the 40s um, and his GP actually advised him to go vegetarian for one or two days of the week and to see the health benefits that that would bring him so not necessarily go fully vegan but to try and be vegetarian for at least two days of the week um, so even doctors and GPs are realising that mm. when we need to eat more fruit and vegetables yeah that's know. what you know our bodies are for I'm not, you know, we we aren't designed to eat as much meat as we're eating. So one or two days, even if you change your diet to become a vegetarian, your health benefits would improve. Yeah, people have started a lot. I know in my house years ago, it started with the Meatless Monday. Yeah, we started with that. Um, my kids then went vegan about four years ago and they're both in their 20s now. So they would be really good advertisements for the vegan lifestyle. They're never sick. No, never. My son is about six foot four. I remember my father saying to my saying to me, what do those kids eat? And and then looking at my son and seeing this big, handsome, strapping six foot four young man yeah. who absolutely has no health issues. And my father saying to him, what do them kids eat? You know, yes. this is always the first question. Where do you get your protein? I mean, I know there's people plant out there who food, still don't know. Yeah, plant food contains huge amounts of protein. Um, like some of the, if you wanted to get a, a protein shake, a lot of it would have pea protein in it. It would have quinoa mm. in it. Um, so a lot of protein actually is from plants. The same as your iron and things like that. They come from the green vegetables. The only thing that I supplement is my beet vitamins um yeah the but everything else i can get from my food i've since i've started um being vegan and i've introduced more fruit and veg through a health food supplement i've lowered my thyroxine doses my ibs has cleared up and my weight stabilized i've got a list of endless health benefits right that means that's why i'm staying vegan it's it's I've noticed the difference in my body and it suits my body to be vegan. So I think everybody should try just to introduce more, just to see their health benefits. So if people want to try this out and want to visit you in your cafe in Trim, where are you? Where are you situated? We're based in Haggard Street. Um, It's on the corner of Haggard Street and Haggard Court. There's a car park there and we're literally on that corner. So anybody that wants to go over, what are the opening hours? Um, on Monday to Saturday, it's half past eight until six. And then on Sunday, we're open 10 o'clock till four o'clock. Oh, that's wonderful. Charlotte Pye, thank you so much for coming into studio to us today and especially for bringing all the lovely goodies. No thank problem. you so much. Take thank care. You. Bye-bye. Thanks.
the late lunch with Blackstone Motors, setting the standard tyre for award-winning customer service you can trust. Visit the regional dealer for Renault and Dacia in the Northeast for exclusive launch offers with the lowest can be APR finance and finance arranged within four hours. Dare to live? You're very welcome back to Late Lunch. Now, my next guest is a lady originally from Dulik, but living in the Netherlands and doing a lot of her work in Ghana. That's quite a CV. Her name is Laura Smith-Weldon and she's sitting in front of me here. Laura, you are very welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you very much, Joan. Good afternoon. You're looking great. Oh, thank you very much. I feel good. (laughs) So, Laura, you decided to raise money for a new school bus while you were volunteering in Ghana. And we're going to talk a lot about that during this segment here. But I'd like to know a little bit about yourself, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, well, certainly. I grew up um, in Dulik, um, Station Road Dulik. Um, I went to school uh, in Dulik and then to secondary school in the Sacred Heart in Drogheda. And then I went on to Athlone, the regional college, and I trained to be a chef. And um, then I worked on Irish ferries for a while. And then I went to the Netherlands. I got the bug to travel, so I went to the Netherlands. And I've been living there now 22 years. And I met what was it about the Netherlands that kept you there? It's not a country you'd think of, you know, starting your stay. journeys off in. Yeah, or where you'd stay. I've been a few times, but I know, I yeah, living there. Well, my whole um, idea was to travel around the world, to go to start in one country and save and then go on to another country and work there for a while and then save and go to another country. But I was there, I think, about um, six months and I, I met my husband, Peter, so I stayed. <laughs> oh, right. OK, well, that's a good reason to stay in the Netherlands, isn't it, when you meet somebody from there? Yeah. He's so a Dutch guy? He's a Dutch guy, yes. Yeah. So okay. we're together now, like, 21 and a half years. Oh, yeah. right. OK. And how's life in the Netherlands? Oh, it's good. Yeah. How I is like it different it. from here? Um, it's a, well, it's very, um, it's very flat for starters. Mm. Yeah. Um, but the lifestyle, is the lifestyle a lot lif- different? Um, well, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much the same as here. Like things are organised very, very well. There's a lot of rules and regulations yeah. compared to like Ireland where things are a little bit more easy going. <laughs> yeah, I lived in Germany myself for a while, so I know where you're coming from with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's all manageable though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great country altogether. People are lovely. But you hopped from there to Ghana. What was the first thing brought you to Ghana? Well, I've always wanted to go to Africa um, just to do some kind of volunteer work. It's always been in my mind to do that. So at one stage I just thought I just have to do this. So I went looking um, through a volunteer programme, but um, it cost an awful lot of money to do it, to volunteer. So I wanted to do it uh, without giving a load of money to a company or something like that mm. to make sure that the money really came to the people. So I went looking for a way to do it and via, 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 mm. I ended up in Ghana. I went out by myself to help in a school for six weeks yeah. and I stayed there uh, helping. I gave lessons to the children in the school there yeah. and I noticed that, yeah, it's so different to here. Like they have so little so little and the children there they have like not toys like here like there's no such thing as Christmas and getting loads of toys as here at the same yeah. you know in Europe so when I was there I noticed that um, yeah the children there was a man who was running the school and he he used to live in Europe but he went back to Ghana because he wanted to help the children in the small villages because in the small little villages in the country there's no government schools so he had started a school and he was bringing the children from the small villages to this school to give them an education 
and he was piling like 16 children into one little small car and God. it's very very dangerous like yeah. the roads there like their lack of roads should I say yeah. they're full of holes and they're sand roads so Isn't I decided that fierce determination to get kids an education yes absolutely to I take it upon himself to drive all those kids to school yeah himself and his wife like it was a great inspiration and I thought oh they really need a school bus so I want to try and raise money for them to get a school bus yeah. So I came back home to the Netherlands and I was telling my husband about it. So we decided to fundraise to um, to buy a bus. So we well, friends that's quite a feat now when you think, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to buy a bus. Yeah, well, why not? Yeah, you just <laughs> go for it. <laughs> and how much is that going to cost? What did you think it was going to cost you? Well, I was thinking I, I wasn't quite sure. Like I had asked um, Jawas, the owner of the school, and he said about three, three thousand mm. like um Euros, so yeah. that's a lot more in CDs, the the currency in Ghana. Yeah. And so, but we raised the money through help from family and friends, uh, donations and car boot sales, and uh, donation from my work. Um, my work where I work, I work for a breed uh, seed breeding company in the Netherlands, and they have these uh, growing lamps which you have in glass houses. Yeah. And they gave us a whole load of them, and we had to take them all apart to get the metal out to, and to get the copper out to be recycled. And from that, we raised over two thousand euros. And my colleagues all helped different evenings to do it as well. It was a huge task. God, but that's fantastic. We that is fantastic. Yeah. So, and, and the latest one I'm looking here and, and reading all about you here, you're after climbing Karen Tuchel. That's right. <laughs> when did you do that? I'm still stiff. <laughs> I'd say you're still sore after. That was just last week. But that this was week. Tuesday. This Tuesday, was this week. This yeah. Week. Yeah, we, we were doing, we wanted to do a fundraiser because um, we want to build the second phase of the school. We need about €20,000 to build, to build the second phase. So as a fundraiser, myself and friends, uh, there was 12 of us. Um, who climbed Karen Tuchel on Tuesday and oh it was wonderful to do and we've raised this over 4,000 euros That's yes. and you had the yeah. weather on Tuesday was we it had good? Fa- it was absolutely fantastic day. the sun was shining it was beautiful have you pictures of it have you a blog or a Facebook um, page on the Facebook page we have if you go to Facebook and you oh. type in Dare to Care Ghana then you will come across the page we have one photo there I have to upload the rest of them when I get back to the Netherlands on Sunday yeah so, and if yeah. Can we hop back to Ghana just for a second um, from Karen too? Well, and well done on that achievement. That's marvellous. But what's life like over in Ghana for, for the children? What is life like for students there? Well, students or like lack of students, I would say. Mm. Um, you have to have a lot of money to be able to go to college. So yeah. a lot of children, um, if they do primary school, they wouldn't go much further. A lot of them, maybe in the bigger cities and towns, but in the small villages. So yeah. they'd be lucky to make it to 11 or 12 years of age, is it, yes, with education? Second, yes, absolutely, yeah. It's definitely in the smaller villages. So we want to build a school that... Um, the children will like uh, they get a good education because in Ghana up until last year you you had to pay for a secondary school so now the secondary school is free for say first year second year and third year and depending on how your performance is if you have a good performance in the first three years then you're put into the the computer your name is put into a computer and if you're lucky it's like a lottery you'll be able to go further in secondary school Oh right okay and what about when you you want to start building a school over there what's it like is there planning you have to go through is it hard to find guys to build it like where do you start like where do you start when you say right I'm going to build a school well um, the the man that who I went to volunteer with um, five years ago um, it was him that we were building the school for so he was organising everything so last year I went over with the 
with the amount of money that we had raised, uh, we had 23,000 to build the first phase of the school. So I went over to him and he organised um, local people who had made a plan of the building and um, also organised um, a builder, a mason, who would look after the building of the school. So there they make their own blocks to build the school. Like It's not like going off to yeah. your big... Um, yeah. So that's very labour intensive. Does that make it more expensive or is, is labour it's, it's cheaper over cheaper there? It's cheaper actually. It, it, is, it was cheaper, yeah, because we were able to build a building with um, five classrooms and three toilets, which toilets are very, very important, and a washroom and an office slash storage room. Yeah. We built that for 23,000. Now, there's a few okay. little things left to finish, but... Um, yeah, oh, it's up and running yeah. and they built it within four months and I have to say I was there in April last year when they first started digging the foundation and I I gave a little hand as well like you can see some of the photographs on Facebook I also had the shovel and I was digging a little bit <laughs> Oh, I well believe it <laughs> But they were, they were making their own blocks like, and the women yeah. would be going um, we would pay women to go down to the river to get water and they would bring it back on their head to mix the, the sand and the cement to make their own building blocks and oh they had God. a machine where they'd put it into and then the blocks would be drying out in the sun for like about 10 days and then they're ready to to build with so what an amazing experience yeah when you see the the work that's gone into that it's not like here you know you go like you say you go and you buy the blocks by the lorry load yeah but here they're making them one by one with water from the river yes yes women have to go down and come back on top of their heads with the water but you can see all these photos on facebook as well we have a whole um right from the start of the building right up until now like the first phase is finished you can see everything yeah oh, what are your plans I'm saying gosh what, what else can this lady do what are your plans now for the future in terms of fundraising well now I think from um, yeah we need to raise another like 15,000 to mm. complete the second phase of the school Um we have a fundraiser going on in the Karen's Town Lodge in Delic on Saturday, the the twenty fifth of May at nine o'clock. Um, it's a sixties and seventies night, so it's five euros in. So the more people, the the more money for us, of course, and for the school, it would be great, and there'll be a raffle on the night. Okay. And people can also donate if they go to the Facebook page. Um, Just give us that Facebook page again, would it's you? Fa- um, Dare to Care Ghana. Okay. And uh, our bank details are on the Facebook page where you can do a bank transfer fair to make okay. a donation okay and your plans then how long are you are you in ireland for when are you heading back to the netherlands i'm heading back on sunday morning so it's just a week uh, we've been here yeah okay have you enjoyed being back in the old sod oh love it love it yeah. try to get back as often as possible yeah, yeah. my father's in Dulik and all the family so all oh, right okay so you're off back to the netherlands then in the next few days but you're hanging around for uh, how many more days have you got in Ireland? Um, tomorrow's Two. the last oh, day. Oh, tomorrow's your last day. Oh, sorry, I misinterpreted what you said there. Yeah, sorry, Listen, Sunday morning. It's yeah. lovely to meet you and thanks a million for taking the, the trouble to come in to see oh, us today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted. Listen, yeah, the best absolutely. of luck with the fundraising, the best of luck with Ghana and the new phase of the school and well done. Thank you well very, done, very Laura. much. Thank you okay. so much for joining me today on Late Lunch. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Opening launch sales offers are now available from Blackstone Motors and we are giving away a 191 Renault Clio. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda now to enter. 
And you're very welcome back to Late Lunch. Just to mention again, in case you didn't catch it there, um, Laura, who's raising money for the, the school in Ghana, asked me if I give a mention again to the fundraiser in Karenstown Lodge in Dulik. Saturday the 25th, it's a 60s and 70s night and she's raising money for her school in Ghana. So anybody that wants to go along, reminisce there with your 60s and 70s music, Karenstown Lodge, Saturday the 25th. Now, my next guests are two wonderful ladies who are doing ballet and and learning ballet and teaching ballet. Now, graceful ballerinas in their 70s, we're told, are hitting the bar with attitude in County Meath and proving it's never too late to start dancing. On the line, I've the owner of Butterfly Studios and dance instructor Caroline Kavanagh and I also have a silver swan by the name of Anne Price. You're both very welcome to Late Lunch, ladies. Good morning. Good afternoon. How are you? Am I speaking with Caroline or Anne? This is Caroline here. Caroline, hi. How are you, Caroline? Good, thank you. So this is a very, very interesting story. Can you tell me a little bit about the Silver Swan programme? How did it come about? How did you become involved? Sure. So Silver Swans is um, an initiative that was developed from Royal Academy of Dance, who are an English body of ballet. And they did a pilot project in probably by 2016, where they started it in the UK and then they brought it to the US and then it came to us here in Ireland. So they, they, they started it in response to a growing demand for ballet classes for older learners and they put a lot of research into it um, for, from their Dance for Lifelong Wellbeing project. Um, so um, initially I got a call from Grace Dory, who was our original swan here in Ireland, and Grace's friends were actually taking part in some of this pilot in the UK and she was very interested in it. So when it came to Ireland, I did the course and then we started with literally Grace alone. And it was Grace that I think was in with Jerry chatting first. Um, mm. And then it's just really grown in popularity. And the last term we had, which was um, gosh, in September, we had a lot of interest. We started in the solstice on a Monday and then in Butterfly Studios then on the Wednesday. Um, so there were like at one stage, there were I say in total well over 20 swans. And what, and what most, would be the age range, Caroline? So they're initially they're saying like they're marketing this towards um, ages 55 over, but there are we do have some swans that are under 55. Um, so I would say between the Monday and the Wednesday, the age range would be about 45 right up to 77. That's amazing. And and I mean, ballet is seen as something that's a very strict um, dance form and that there's a lot of stretching involved and a lot of muscles used that we wouldn't normally use in day to day life. Um, as you get older, of course, it's very important to keep fit. But is it very difficult for somebody who's maybe over 50 to do this kind of moves? Not at all. I mean, a lot of it has been modified anyway. Um, and like the, the ballet class that we would have is a non-syllabus class. So we have like we start off with a very gentle warm up and it's like a mobility work. And then we start we working at the bar and we're doing a lot of foot exercise. So there's good, you know, with this is good help. You can hold on to the bar. But um, we we do a lot of feet exercise um work with with the all the joints, really. And then we move into the center and we do a nice it's almost like a mindful movement class, really. And the music mm. is gorgeous as well. And there's obviously good healing and music. Yes, of um, course. So, most of the swans that we started, now not all, but most of them had no ballet experience at all. So, you know, it's really, it's for anybody that has experience or, or people that have no, um, that are complete novice like ballet. And can I bring Anne in here, if, if I may, Anne? If, um, how did you hear about the Silver Swans, Anne? Well, this time, well, this time last year, I saw an article in the Mead Chronicle 
um, from, by Louise Walsh, and it featured Grace, that lady that Caroline is after speaking about. And I just thought, that sounds interesting. I'll have a look at that. And, like, I did ballet as a child. So I, I went along then to one of her, she had a taster class. And I thought, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed this. So I joined up then for the set of classes. And to me, it's it's so calming and restful. And as, as Caroline said, the exercises we do are very easy and it is gentle stretching. And as I have sa- I've said to reported before, it's mindfulness on toes. I read that. that elated is- when I come out of there. I'm just in another world. When I go down, I'm not me. I'm somebody else altogether. Totally relaxed. Well, that is amazing. And that is the best saying I've heard today. Mindfulness on toes. That's oh, Thank you. <laughs> that is absolutely. What a way to describe ballet. That is just amazing. So what do you get? And what's the reaction from people when they hear that you've taken ballet up again at your age now? Well, I had one I had one uh, bad reaction. And somebody said, like I said, and it was a male. Uh, they said, at your age. <laughs> Right, okay. So, like, I've just proved them wrong. That's make me more determined to keep at it. Oh, right. And I'd say there's a lot of friendships being made in, in the studio, in the dance studio. Are there, Caroline, is it very good for people to meet other, for ladies to meet other ladies and make friendships? Absolutely. I would say that's actually one of the biggest things that I've noticed. And, and for me as a teacher as well, it's actually so nice to, because I'm used to obviously working with quite young children as well, and I just think it's it's one of my favourite classes to teach in the week, actually. Um, but it's a great way of expanding your social circle. And you see the ladies, they have a cup of coffee or a tea afterwards. And, and then recently, some of our swans, and Anne included, um, we had our um, show in the solstice two Sundays ago. And um, a group of the silver swans danced in the actual show itself. So they did amazing and they got a great applause, obviously. Oh, brilliant. So, Caroline, yeah. just, just to finish up, because I'm tied for time here, when are the classes and how can people contact you if people want to join? So the classes at the moment, we, we're in our final term at the moment for this ballet year. So they're on a Monday in the Solstice Arts Centre in Navan and then on a Wednesday in Butterfly Studios in the Enterprise Centre on, on the Trim Road in Navan. Um, and then you can either look online at butterflyballetschool.ie or else our Facebook page where we'll have all of the the new classes coming up. So we will have more classes starting okay. in September again. OK, wonderful. A fantastic initiative. Congratulations on it to both of you. Thanks a million, Anne and Caroline, for joining Thanks me so this much. afternoon on Late Lunch. The best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank very you. Much. Bye-bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Setting the standard tyre for award-winning customer service you can trust. Visit the regional dealer for Renault and Dacia in the Northeast for exclusive launch offers with the lowest can be APR finance and finance arranged within four hours. Dare to live? Looking ahead to a busy weekend of sport now, I'm going to chat with Head of Communications at Boyle Sports, Leon Blanche. How are you, Leon? I'm doing very well, John. How are you? Great, thanks. Not a bother. Leon, do you want to have a little chat with us there about what we can look forward to this weekend in the world of sport? Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's a big um, weekend. We've got an FA Cup final. The US PGA is in full swing. And of course, Dundalk and Toronto are both in action. And I think we'll start with Dundalk, who run a fantastic run of form. They've won six out of their last seven league games, putting them joint top of the Premier Division in the League of Ireland with Shamrock Rovers. And they travel down to Cork, who 
although they had no wins in seven games up to their last two games, they've actually won both of their last two matches. And for the past number of years, both Cork and Dundalk have been the top two teams in the league. But Cork are the big underdogs, even though they're at home. They're 9-2. to two. The draw here is 13-5. to five. And the Lily Whites, Vinnie Pert's men, as I said, are on a tremendous run of form. They're the four to six favourites. And I just feel the way Dundalk are playing at the moment, you'd have to give them a strong favourites chance to claim all three points against Cork. In the first division, Drogheda had a huge win last week when they beat Limerick by three goals to two. They're up against, however, the league leaders, Cabantili, who are in tremendous form themselves. They've won five out of the last six. And actually in the corresponding fixture when Drogheda were at home, they actually lost 4-1 to Cabantili. So hopefully... The Drogheda lads will be able to get a little bit of revenge on Cabantili. Cabantili are 6-4, to four, Drogheda are 7-4, to four, and the draw here is 11-5. to five. And I suppose we'll stick with football for the time being. It is the FA Cup final. Manchester City are trying to win a domestic treble, having already won the League Cup and, of course, the Premier League last weekend. They're up against Watford, and it's no surprise here. City, strong favourites at 2-9. to nine. Watford are 12-1. to one to win the FA Cup in normal time and the draw here is 5-1. to one. Sergio Aguero, he's had another tremendous season. He's favourite to score first at 11-4. to four. Raheem Sterling, who of course was the young player of the year, he's 4-1. to one. And Riyad Mahrez, who came in out of the blue last week, he scored away at Brighton. He's available at 13-2 to two to score first in this weekend's FA Cup final. The USPGA, as I said, we will be going into the second round a little bit later on today. And Brooks Kepka, what a round by him yesterday. He's clear, and he's a 6-4 to four favorite to win the second major of the year. Dustin Johnson is in there at 10-1. to one, And I'm a huge fan of Tommy Fleetwood. It will be great to see him uh, go close this weekend. He's third favorite at 12-1. to one. But I think all in all, there's a big game in Leinster in terms of the hurling. Dublin trying to rebound from a defeat last week against Kilkenny. They're 11-10 to 10 to beat Westford, who are even money, and the draw is 8-1. to 1. So, Joan, plenty of sporting action to look forward to this weekend. Leon, I'm worn out just listening to you. Thanks a million for that. Have a great weekend. Same to you, Joan. Take care. Bye-bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Setting the standard tyre for award-winning customer service you can trust. Visit the regional dealer for Renault and Dacia in the Northeast for exclusive launch offers with the lowest can be APR finance and finance arranged within four hours. Dare to live? And you're very welcome back to Late Lunch this afternoon. Just a few comments on a couple of items we had earlier in the show. On our perpetual adoration item, I'm told that Drogheda has the same thing going on in St. Peter's. Two people texted in with that to say St. Peter's in West Street in Drogheda has that holy hour system going too. I need to thank Anne for that one. And just a quick hello from an old friend of mine. Bernie, how are you? Great to hear uh, from you as well. And I see you're heading all the way to Ahasker in County Galway to pick up James for the weekend. So take care and drive safely there, Bernie. But also, the most comments we got, believe it or not, Louise, was about our little chat about communion. Yeah, communion dresses. had something to say there. There are lots of comments. One um, girl texted in to say, I remember after my communion, I tried ice cream in a glass of Coke for the first time and it spilled all over the dress. <gasps> Awful trouble that day. I would have um, fainted Oh, I know. Weekend. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> if that happened to your little one last yeah, weekend. I would have cried. Another woman said, um, I turned my daughter's dress into a christening robe for my grandchild. Oh, isn't that lovely? I do remember that 
that being done years ago. I wasn't sure if people still did that these days now. Oh, another comment, a lady, a listener says, communion has gone stone mad. Some people are even putting false tan on their children. It's totally ridiculous. I did hear that, but I can't believe it. Really? Oh, oh yeah, I've seen it. Really? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, getting spray tans. Yeah, yeah, I have a friend who's a beautician and yeah, they do spray tans. Yeah, for the kids. For that, oh, yeah, seven uh, years of age. Yeah, yeah, the little ones are looking for it. Oh, yeah. I couldn't do that. The dress looks better against a tan, you know, <laughs> apparently. Oh my God. And and then there's another comment as well, which is very, very relevant. More pressure on parents of girls, I think. The boys are much more laid back. I don't know about that. Do you not think so? Mm. With the dress and the tiara and the veil and the shoes and the bag and the umbrella and the whole lot. I know the boys now. It's a job. Sometimes the boys, what you dress them in costs even more. Really? I remember my, yeah, what did my little fellow wear? Oh yeah, he insisted on wearing jeans actually and a little shirt. That's what he wore. He was was, ahead of his time. There was no way he was going into a suit for me. There was no way. He just point blank refused and I knew it would be a waste of money so he got jeans. We actually just got a WhatsApper there um, just in, Joan, which says, (laughs) I panicked and bought the dress, the communion dress and shoes too early. So by the time the communion week came round, shoes were too small. Oh gosh, <laughs> you see, you'd be tempted to get them early when yeah. they come out in the sales at the end of the year and you'll think, I'll get that now and hold it for next year. Yeah, and then you get it wrong, yeah. Because oh, I, I know. know I met so many parents that were, oh yeah, I have the dress since last November or I have the dress since Christmas and yeah. you kind of go, oh, better get me acting together, oh, like, you know. God, the pressure, the pressure, I can't cope with it. Okay, we leave all our communion um, comments behind us there and thanks to everybody who texted well, that's it from Late Lunch for today and indeed for this week. Thanks a million to all my guests and, of course, to my producer, Louise. Jerry will be back with you on Monday. So from me, have a lovely weekend. Relax, enjoy life. Take care. Bye-bye. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cartmacross Credit Union, where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Cartmacross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Cartmacross or cartmacrosscu.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.